What if all of this is true? That Jesus of Nazareth is risen from the dead. If we think about our lives, we know that this should change everything. Throughout history, Christians have always professed this as being true. And Christians have always preached this truth in the midst of great persecution. When Christians are being killed for this very truth. Christians have boldly preached this truth even in the midst of corruption in the church. Where civilizations rise and fall, Christians have always declared that Jesus of Nazareth is not dead, he's alive. And this preaching has echoed throughout the centuries and have given hope to millions and millions of people. We get a glimpse of this preaching from our first pope, Pope Peter, in today's first reading, where Peter is speaking at the house of Cornelius, and he's saying to Cornelius, you've seen all that's what, what's been happening around Judea. You've heard all of the stories. You know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, how he went about doing good and healing all those oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And he says, we are witnesses of these things. He said the disciples themselves witnessed all that Jesus had done. They witnessed it. And they said, and they said that he was put to death. By the way, this risen Jesus is still doing crazy good things today. Some of you might know that, that at our parish we, we pray for healing. We'll sometimes have healing services where Jesus continues to do good through his body, the church, who is anointed with his spirit. You can tell a lot of stories, but there's a woman over here who's wearing pink about where that woman is sitting. There's a woman that came here for a healing service who was born deaf. And in the name of Jesus, the risen one, her ear opened like this and was able to hear. We've had people come into this church who have cancer and cancer disappears at the name of Jesus. That does not happen at the name of a dead person. That happens because Jesus Christ is alive. And so as, as Peter is preaching this gospel, he says, this man God raised on the, on the third day and granted that he be visible, and we ate and drank with him. Peter's not talking about a collective hallucination. He's not talking about a ghost. Hundreds of people saw Jesus walk the earth after he died. Right? He even said we ate and drank with him. Ghosts don't eat and drink things. Right? Jesus was alive. And he continues... He says, we commissioned us to preach to the people and testify that he, want, he alone is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead, and that everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins through his name. And this has been the mission of the church ever since, that anointed with the same spirit that Jesus was anointed with, we declare to a broken world, to a world enslaved to death and sin, that Jesus Christ is alive and is in his name, all of our sins can be forgiven, and in his name, we have, we have complete hope that God has overcome death itself. This message went forth and spread like wildfire in the early church, and Christians were willing to die for this message because they encountered the risen Lord. You see, the main problem in the church has not been whether, God, whether or not God has power over death. The main problem has been whether or not we allow him to save us from death. It's important for us to recognize that God wants a response to this message. 
He's not going to force our hand. So sometimes at funerals, I run across people who, who come to funerals and they don't really practice their faith. They don't really pray. They don't read the scriptures. God has really nothing practically to do with their life. They live as if he's not real. But when you ask them, yes, they believe in Jesus, and yes, they believe in God. But one of the things that I sometimes want to ask them is, do you want to go to heaven? Why am I asking that? Because in many ways, all of us want to go to heaven, but the question is, is why do we want to go to heaven? Why do we want to spend eternity with someone that we don't really care about in this life? Why do we want to be with God forever if God has no practical, he makes no practical difference to us? You see, because if heaven is real, it's an exchange of love. It's an exchange of love with the God who created us and who made us whole. Now, of course, when, you, when I ask people this question, most people will say, oh, I want to go to heaven, of course. Who doesn't want to go to heaven? We all long for that place where there is perfect peace, there is perfect love, where we have mercy and our sins are washed away, where we can actually experience the fullness of life and love, where there's no more death, no more pain, no more wailing, no more pandemics, no more wars. All of us want that. But perhaps some of us don't recognize that that is precisely who the church believes Jesus is and what he's capable of. And a lot of times we reject Jesus without even realizing that we're rejecting the very thing that we deeply desire. But the reason why we reject Jesus is because of sin in our own heart. The very thing he has come to save us from is the reason why we often resist him. So if perhaps you aren't practicing your faith, my encouragement is to you is to give Jesus a chance. Read the scriptures, come to know him. Come to know who the real Jesus is so that you can open your heart to him. Read the scriptures. Recognize even historical arguments or arguments for God's existence or for, for Jesus in history or maybe even arguments for the resurrection and how reliable the scriptures really are historically. It was once when I was a young priest. Some of you might say, well, you're young now. But it was when I was a second year as a priest. I was in, a, I was in my parish and I encountered a young atheist who kind of waxed eloquent about all the new atheism that was out there at the time and all the different arguments against God. And he was a kind of an angry person, but he was very sharp. He knew all the arguments. And by the way, do you want to know the most powerful argument against God, against Christianity? Christians themselves who live as hypocrites. And anytime someone points that out to you, by the way, and you say like, you know, well, all these Christians are hypocrites. All you have to simply do is say, you're right, we are. There's a bunch of hypocrites in the church, and there's room for one more. You just simply say that to them. <laughs> the reason why we're Christian is not because we're perfect, but because we know that he's perfect, right? So anyway, I'm talking to this guy, and he's challenging me all these arguments, and I'm able to respond to basically everything, because we studied this in school. And I remember challenging him. I said, look, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If you really, really claim that Jesus is real, I'm going to challenge you to do this. I want you to say to Jesus every single day, I want you to pray to the God that you don't believe in. Just make an act of faith. Say, Jesus, if you're real, I want to know you. If you're real, I want to know you. Reveal yourself to me. I said, one of two things is going to happen. One is you're going to keep praying that prayer, and if you really mean that prayer, 
Jesus is going to reveal himself to you because he wants to do that. Or you're going to stop praying it because you really don't want to know who Jesus is. You really have your heart closed to him. And then you'll find out one of the reasons why you don't believe. Well, eventually he came back to me. It was like, it was like three weeks later. He comes to me and says, Father, it worked. I had this encounter with Jesus. He came to me, and he was completely blown away. Now, this guy, his life was all messed up. He had all these things going on in his heart, and he had an encounter with Jesus that changed his life. He ended up actually coming to the church and working for the church at one point. Why do I say all of this? Is that Jesus Christ is alive, and he wants to know you. He wants a relationship with you, but he will not force you to love him forever in heaven. He's looking for a response of faith and repentance to turn away from sin so that he can save us from it. So that uniting ourselves with the risen one, we have hope to live forever. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's exactly what all of us desires. He's so good and he loves you. He wants to raise you from the dead. The response is yours.